We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. I'm Clay Link, alongside Jake Latarski. Give Jake a follow on Twitter at jakeski52. I'm at Clay W. Link. Uh, rate and review the podcast if you didn't during the previous 16 weeks of the season. Uh, if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, it's been a fun season uh, doing this, and hopefully we've been of some benefit to you if you, if you are a listener. and. Uh, most fantasy football, of course, over, but the final week of, of daily here. In some leagues, including one we're in together, goes until week 17, so it's mm-hmm. not completely out of the question. Uh, adds a little a little wrinkle yeah. if you're in a, in a season-long week Absolutely. 17. Yeah, I've got that third-place game in your league, I think. Nice. Uh, I don't know I don't know if third place pays anything or anything, but you know, just finishing, matter of pride, I'm going to go ahead and set yeah. a lineup and, uh, and hope for the best there. But yeah, the real big thing is daily, looking to daily on DraftKings this week. It's really your last chance to play with a full slate of games prior to the playoffs, in which you will be lucky to get four games at a time, I think, is the most mm-hmm. that will be in one day here. So 
Uh, going heavy on daily this week, a lot of uh, qualifiers, for example. If you did any qualifiers over the years, some of those are starting to wrap up. And there's also a decent amount of solid matchups that you can look to. There's uh, going to be some heavy stacks, some high ownership, and we might have some contrarian plays for you as well. But either way, we're going to get you set on DraftKings in a, sl- in a slate where most of the teams and games, uh, is even the uh, the seeding, everyone has something to play for outside of uh, just one team, right, Clay? Yeah, exactly. And so it's not kind of, you know, in past years there have been you know, a number of teams that are resting players. Mm-hmm. And then that makes for a kind of dynamic Week 17, you yep. know, DFS uh, kind of collective mindset, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. But here it's kind of a standard week, essentially, uh, just with a lot of the, the regulars indeed playing. Uh, still a lot of avenues you can go in daily to really kind of separate yourself. And uh, I think this is a week where – you know, maybe some people are bowing out after with season long done. You really kind of take advantage and you know use your knowledge to to uh, win some money. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe even on the other hand, could be a week where a lot of people are are bowing in. You know, wanting to get their last crack. Yeah, at, that's uh, true. Returning, returning. Yeah, yeah, because I remember one of the things that got me into daily was kind of sitting here working in the office uh, one NFL Sunday. It was week 17, and I'm like, man, there's all these backups and there's all these really good prices. I'm going to go ahead and jump in mm-hmm. and set some lineups here because I can you know, pay, pay up for all the high-priced safe guys and fill my lineup out with uh, pretty high-floor guys. And that's not necessarily the case this week because, as we mentioned, you know, only one team really has to, uh, really has to sit some guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last hurrah. And yeah, if you've been out of it, you know, it's going to be – you know what eight nine months before we're able to do it again so mm-hmm. uh, get all in on board i certainly am and you know this this upcoming month is going to be tough for me as a sports yeah. fan i'm a big baseball guy but until spring training mm-hmm. you know january first part of Fe- uh, february a little tough probably probably dabble in some nba dfs but yeah uh, just focusing elsewhere making a murder on mm-hmm. netflix uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff uh, that gotta kind of thing gotta gotta you know dive into some other things in the meantime fortunately i've got college hoops and a couple of a couple of big fights in between here to hold me over till baseball starts yeah and we got the baseball magazine we're working on so we're busy here but uh in the free time you know uh not i mean certainly be watching some nba but uh a lot of stuff to uh to do you know and and i think until baseball really heats up uh, I'm, i'm certainly gonna be missing football tremendously well we'll start uh, running down all of Week 17 for you guys. Going to be starting with the team that you mentioned as really the only team that uh, kind of can afford to rest their players. No seeding implications in this one. The Redskins at the Cowboys. Uh, this is one where, you know, I, the Redskins are on the road here, but the matchup against Dallas, I certainly like, especially after what they did. And you look at Kirk Cousins' dry, uh, price on DraftKings, 5400 Pretty appealing, but... It does, you know, the, the possibility of them pulling guys, sitting players, uh, scare you off from from Washington entirely. Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, I would say the biggest uh, the biggest tip or lock I can give for daily this week is you probably want to avoid uh, any of the Washington Redskins. Not like you were heavily targeting Alf- Alfred Morris or Matt Jones a bunch to begin with. But they're really the only team in this whole playoff scenario that has their seed locked up. They can't really move up, and they already have their division, division clinched, so they can't move out. And there would be little reason to uh, – I mean, Kirk Cousins won a bunch of people – fantasy championships in week 16 but there's no reason to chase that this week uh i think there's a very good chance colt mccoy gets more fantasy points in this game than kirk cousins i'll go as far as saying that we are we do have some other good cheaper quarterback value plays that we'll kind of look to as the show goes along but uh kirk cousins although possibly a fantasy mvp in a lot of folks mind for winning those leagues definitely not a good daily play in week 17 yeah i I think that could be a trap play but i also feel most people will probably be backing off of him yeah uh, absolutely. But, but still I don't like him as any kind of contrarian play just because mm-hmm. you're really kind of killing any chance you have to to finish in the cash if you, if you play him and he is mm-hmm. pulled or just you know plays a half whatever yeah. I just think there's there's no way you can mm-hmm. succeed if that happens yeah if you're expecting a Cowboys implosion or something go with a McCoy and Crowder stack or something like that that would be like the ultimate contrarian play <laughs> really incredibly would. risky but Apparently Cousins is going to start, but the workload is to be determined at this uh, at this stage of the game. So I'm guessing a couple series just to stay fresh, and they might as well get him out of there. Over under in this game, pretty pretty damn low at 39 and a half. So uh, Vegas not expecting a whole lot of scoring, and that makes sense considering 
what the Cowboys have done on offense and the fact Des Bryant mm-hmm. on IR now. Anybody there that you think maybe could be a sneaky type of tournament value play? On Dallas, not really. I mean, mm-hmm. Terrence Williams should get the most targets, but who knows what we're going to get out of Kellen Moore here. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm going to stay away from this game in, in all DFS, period. Yeah, and as we talked about, not a lot of teams resting, guys. There's so many options available. Tons better than anybody Dallas has. Terrence Williams, you know, every now and then can get behind the defenders and, and make a big play, but uh, not somebody I'm going to be expecting to do that this week by any means. Uh, we'll jump to Jaguars, Texans, over under in this one. It's 45 and a half. Texans currently favored by seven, according to ESPN. Now, we mentioned that Redskins are the only team that really has nothing on the line, no implications uh, that are in the postseason uh, this week. But the Texans are a team that you kind of pointed out, and wisely so, before we came on, that uh, they could be a team that as play gets underway uh, early afternoon on Sunday, they could be a team that, you know, depending on what happens to Indianapolis, starts to pull guys too later in the day. Yeah, you know, that, now that's not a lock because, you know, I guess tech, the Texans are as close to the Redskins as it gets in terms of scenario mm-hmm. because for them to lose their playoff spot, they, number one, would need to lose the game. They, number two, would need to have Indianapolis win. And then there's about six to eight different tiebreaker scenarios that need to play out exactly right. So Houston is virtually a, a lock to get into the playoffs. So I, I don't know how Coach Bill O'Brien's going to play this. There's a chance. Some coaches like to completely block out all the other games. They'll tell their stadium people to not post these scores on the scoreboard so uh, their players can't see and are affected by it mentally in any way. But uh, you never know if, uh, if, it, if it's late in the game and they have a comfortable lead and they can kind of look around. I'm sure they'll get something from up in the press box that says, hey, so-and-so's winning or Indianapolis is losing or, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, they'll, they'll get word and maybe let up. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, despite that, I'm still one of my tournament lineups. I'm just going all in and playing Hoyer and Hopkins and Washington just for the heck of it because it looks like Hoyer is going to be back this week. Uh, so one tournament lineup, I am playing that. So I'm not necessarily uh, saying discount this, but maybe watch out for it and keep it in mind just so you're not so surprised if it does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it's not making me back off of the passing game because this that Jaguars pass defense looked pretty atrocious last week against the Saints and and sure did. yeah and Blake or Blake Bortles garbage time hero was able to uh come in and 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 get some get some a nice fantasy day really to make the score look closer than the game actually was it was it was a blowout and I think even with uh one solid half of play you could get three or four Hoyer touchdowns maybe even uh, some Hopkins action in there so I'm yeah. gonna do it that's as close to a contrarian play as I've got this week I think yeah, I don't think a lot of people will be on a guy like Hoyer after the the injury, and it'll be interesting. I think the, you know, it's a great matchup to exploit. The, that outside possibility, as you mentioned, does kind of make me want to go elsewhere, but uh, I certainly see where you're coming from. Yeah, Jaguars' defense, uh, pretty miserable. And the Texans, you know, while that is a possibility, I feel like it'd be wise of them to, to play their guys, try to get any sort of momentum going heading mm-hmm. into the postseason. Yeah, especially considering it'll be Hoyer's first game back after a yeah, multi-game exactly. absence. Get him as many reps as, as possible against live defenders. Now, on the Jaguars' side, I mean, th- this has been a, a very fruitful team fantasy-wise. 5-10, um, and ten, taking some steps forward, I think, as an organization, as a, as a team. But, you know... And you wisely, I saw too in a rotowire, a rotowire free roll uh, last weekend. You, you kind of stacked them. I think you had Bortles correct, and Allen yep. Robinson and Allen Hearns. Yep, I had Julius Thomas as well. Thankfully, it was a poor week for tight ends, so that didn't cost me too much. But uh, yeah, had a solid. Uh, but both Allen Robinson and Hearns. I mean, Robinson that long touchdown, mm-hmm. Hearns with two TDs, Bortles I think four TDs. Yep. Uh, like the like going back to the well here. Quite honestly, even though the the Texans front is mm-hmm. a pretty pretty scary but Allen Robinson currently questionable uh, it appears I mean of course that official status hasn't come out but he was a limited participant Wednesday you know nothing really to suggest he could be uh, limited in any major way on Sunday uh, but Alan Hearns I mean I like him too but he's kind of a guy who you know as many as for as many touchdowns as he has the upside hasn't really been there until last week yeah absolutely. so is this a situation where you may stick to Robinson 
fade Hearns, or maybe you go back and you stack all three again? You know, I, I don't know about that because uh, the Jaguars are going on the road again this week uh, in Houston, a Houston defense that has been playing a little bit better of late. I mean, they're a playoff team now, mm-hmm. so you've got that to account for. And here's how I feel about Allen Robinson. Although I like him, I think a lot of people are going to chase him from last week, and I'm looking at DraftKings right now. I made a preliminary lineup kind of before this show. I'll share it before I'll share it top to bottom before we complete here. But Allen Robinson at 7,800. If in any way possible, I'm finding an extra hundred dollars to go up to Brandon Marshall at 7,900 because the Jets do have something to play for. They need to win, and Marshall's been the guy there, and I think he finishes the <laughs> season strong. He's been outstanding, and. I mean, Robinson has two, though. The fact that he isn't a pro bowler is an absolute travesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he gets in. You I think know, it's just into, name recognition yeah. at this point. You know, and Just but, the fact that he's a, a Jacksonville Jaguar. Yeah, he won't have to worry about that for long. You know, we got to get you – know, I, I know somebody sent Nick Whalen a, a Byron Leftwich jersey. we got to just pony up and get him an Allen Robinson jersey because that's at least a guy who, who finally can kind of stand behind and be like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm about this guy. I, I'm, I can represent my team, uh, you know. Good thing he didn't invest in a in Justin Blackman jersey, but that's another story. We'll move on. Jets at Bills. Uh, over under this one, 42. Jets favored by three. And you mentioned Brandon Marshall. I love him and what he's done. It, you know, I think he set the record for most consecutive 100-catch seasons this year. Yeah. Or not maybe not consecutive, but most career 100-catch seasons. Uh, yeah, pretty he amazing. spent some time injured last year, yeah. so you didn't have him consecutive. But pretty much of all time, and as I alluded to when we were talking about the last game there, I'm all about a Jets stack this week. Yeah, the Jets are on the road. Yeah, they're playing the Buffalo Bills, but they need to win, and they're going to find a way to do that, I believe. So I have, in my early DraftKings lineup, I'm using Fitzpatrick, Brandon Marshall, and Eric Decker, all three of them. Decker's price on DraftKings, yes. 6500 Yep, very reasonable. Yep, Decker was right in there. Uh, yeah, so I, I threw those guys in there. I think that's a safe bet. I mean, we saw a guy win the Millionaire Maker using Big Ben, Brown, Bryant, and, and Wheaton one week, so why not do it with the Jets this week? I think I do like that. So, uh, yeah, I mentioned I'd share the lineup. Running back going Devontae Freeman and trusting Eddie Lacy one more time because of his price. Uh, and then to fill out my receivers, uh, I took Brandon Cooks against the Falcons. Kind of as he's really the last one to uh, steal up the lineup. Then I took Ertz at tight end. Went for the home run with Mike Gillisley at the flex spot. And then uh, Steelers defense against Austin Davis and the Browns. So there, I figured because we're at this game, I've got mostly Jets. I'd share the lineup there. So that's what I'm going with. I do like the Jets heavy stack. That's interesting. I like that too. I'll just say, just uh, jumping back to the game, we just touched on that. Washington Dallas game. I like the Washington defense uh, just because I think the price is reasonable. And yeah, Dallas can't really do anything. They have no playmakers uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But getting back to Jets Bills and focusing on the Bills side of the ball, uh, Tyrod Taylor's a guy who, uh, you know, his status is a bit uncertain right now. Uh, I guess technically the right shoulder issue. He says he has no doubt at all that he'll be able to suit up. And, and his price, I think, is very interesting. He's cheaper than, well, same price as guys like Sam Bradford, uh, Phil Rivers, uh, cheaper than Fitzpatrick, Cousins, Matt Ryan. Uh, but this is a pretty tough matchup. Do you think maybe you'd give Tyrod a shot in a tournament play, or are you just avoiding him and, and this Buffalo team entirely? You know, I'd have to definitely pass on Tyrod Taylor in cash games without a doubt. Tournament play becomes a little bit more interesting because his ownership is going to be very low and you do need something to distinguish yourself mm-hmm. in a tournament. However, I'm not sure Tyrod Taylor is the way to do it. I'd have to have 20, 30 lineups out there to consider making one or two of them a Tyrod Taylor lineup. Like I mentioned in my lineup before, the one Bills player I do kind of like is Mike Gillisley because he is, uh, he's now scored in three straight weeks. He has 170 yards, over 170 yards in the last two weeks, and yet he sits at 4,400 on DraftKings. So uh, I've got him in my flex spot, and I think the big play potential makes him possibly a better tournament play because you're hoping for one of those big plays. What he's been able to do with limited touches has been incredibly impressive. And, you know, even if LaShawn McCoy is healthy for this Bills game, with the Bills not having much to play for, there's no reason to give extra wear and tear on him. Carlos Williams will kind of get some carries between the tackles, but I can see Gillisley, especially if they're behind and and in passing formations uh, coming through this week. Now, it is a bit of a stretch, maybe not so safe when it comes to your cash games, but in tournaments, I'm going to roll with him and give him a shot. You know, I, I certainly respect your opinion, of course, and uh, but I'm going to disagree with you and say that I, I am jumping on Tyrod Taylor this week. He's 
shouldered more of the load on the ground since Sean McCoy got hurt. Actually, 23 combined rushing attempts in the last two weeks alone, uh, seven or more in each of his last four games. And last week, completion percentage was outstanding, uh, 72.2%. Only attempted 18 passes, but I think in this game, you know, they're saying it's their Super Bowl. I think they're going to pass it more, really be laying it out all out on the line, not really taking uh, you know taking any precautions offensively, really kind of uh, trying to, to gun it, run and gun the entire game, put as many points on the board as possible. And I think Tyrod uh, makes for a sneaky play just given – uh, yeah, the fact that you know he the, the price is is low, uh, you know I get that the the ground game as you mentioned, well Gillisley has been very good, uh, but it doesn't have as, as many weapons around him currently. And I think you just look at the overall body of work this year, you know the the numbers aren't eye popping in terms of you know yards per attempt or anything like that. But uh, quarterback rating over a hundred twenty to six TD to INT ratio, uh, five point five yards per carry on ninety four rushing attempts. I think he's quietly been a lot better than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair enough. I'll, I'll definitely give you that. I think this game overall, one of the most intriguing storylines of the week mm-hmm. with the Jets heading into Rex Ryan's house for a, uh, a matchup with their old head coach. So it should be intense. I think the players are going to want to win this game regardless of what's at stake. Uh, a lot at stake for both teams there. So you yeah, know absolutely. Rex Ryan would love to play spoiler here. Yeah, absolutely. Rex is... Uh, He's petty like that, you could maybe say. But, no, he's – I get that you want to knock off your old team. It's been a kind of a tough season overall, but if you give it to 8-8, eight and eight, you can at least head into next year with some momentum and uh, uh, having taken a step forward as, a, as an organization. Now, the other AFC East battle this weekend, Patriots-Dolphins. Dolphins favored by uh, – I'm sorry, New England by 11.5, over under 47. You know – Obviously, there's certain guys on the Patriots side that you're going to target in, in a lot of uh, cash games, for sure. Any tournament plays in this game on either side that you like, especially? Yeah, actually, I do. You know, and that's assuming that, uh, of course, Edelman doesn't play. I mean, everybody knows that Gronk's the number one tight end on the board this mm-hmm. week. If you can afford him or find another way to work around him, I think he'll have you know, 80 yards and a touchdown. That's a good game. But when you talk tournament plays... I'm actually really liking uh, Keyshawn Martin at $3,000. Now, a cash game, I'd probably stay away. There's a lot of different options that I would go to. But in a tournament, I mean, this Keyshawn Martin guy is just uh, $3,000. $3, that's it. That can set your lineup up really well. Of course, this is assuming Edelman and Amendola both sit out. But, I mean, Miami secondary is nothing to brag about. Uh, Martin caught seven passes on 11 targets for 67 yards in Week 16. Now, 11 targets for Martin. Brady only attempted 31 passes. So yeah. you got to think of it that way. So there's a lot of upside here with Keyshawn Martin. Um, Brandon LaFell's banged up too. Yeah, I mean, even if Brandon LaFell was healthy, I mean, he's been a disappearing yeah, been act this yeah, season. He hasn't really done a whole lot for you. So uh, if I mean, if I were Miami, I would put three guys on Gronk and make someone else beat you. And in this case, it would be Keyshawn Martin. So that's I do like him as a tournament play. Not a whole lot to like on the Dolphins' side of the ball, though. Yeah, Jarvis Landry limited at practice Wednesday with a knee issue. Kenny Stills limited with a thigh, and Ryan Ryan Tannehill uh, practicing in full. But uh, you know, I think maybe I've said it before, and you know, he is a risky play certainly. But Jay Jai, the guy who I think as a tournament play, it's always you know you're not really ever banking on him in cash. But uh, I just think the skills are there. Maybe week seventeen. Uh, you give this guy a long look, see what he's he's made of. Uh, probably not more t- touches than uh, Miller, but at the same time, I think there's he'll see enough to to make an impact. I don't know if I'd start him in daily, but if your pickups are still open and you're season long, and it happens to be a keeper league, if he's not already owned, I'd go ahead and grab him as a stash for next year. You can always drop oh, yeah. cut bait later on if the news changes during training camp. Absolutely, Saints at Falcons. Uh, Falcons favored by four in this one. Over under fifty three, and you know didn't see that upset win over Carolina coming at all, especially given what the Falcons had done uh, leading up to that game. Now they get the Saints, who've been a, a complete mess. Uh, perfect time to draw them at home, and Julio Jones bouncing back in a major way after some some disappointing games. Really taking the two Josh Norman. Now he gets this forgiving Saints secondary. Uh, you mentioned that you like the Roddy. Uh, I'm sorry, the the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones stack in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may be going paying up for a guy like Devontae Freeman, who is the top 
top running back in terms of price on the board. Yeah, I have multiple lineups put together to kind of account for the different ways that this game could play out. I do have a Ryan Julio Jones stack in uh, in a couple of them, and I, I can respect that very much. I think Julio Jones, after a big week last week, he draws the team that, well, the most horrendous defense in, in the league, period. There's, there's no doubt about that at this point. And also, uh, you know, bottom 10 in terms of fi- fantasy points allowed to, I guess, top 10, which is really bottom 10 mm-hmm. in fantasy points allowed to receivers. So I do like the Ryan Jones stack here. But at the same time, I mentioned in the original lineup that I put together, which is which is what I would call my primary lineup this week, uh, I do use Devontae Freeman. I think that he is going to be – I think the way the game flow is going to work better for somebody like Devontae Freeman. There's no reason for him to hold back at any point. And, I, you know, the Falcons, if they get ahead, uh, you know, this game is in Atlanta, so it's in a dome. If they get ahead, you know the Saints don't generally play that great on the road as compared to how they do, you know, in the in the friendly confines of their home stadium. There, if mm-hmm. the Falcons get ahead, I think it could be a monster game for Devontae Freeman, talking shades of you know week two, week three type performance from him. And uh, if that's the case, then he's then he would be worth just about every penny of that seventy six hundred dollars that you'll be spending on him. Yeah, you know, I think given the price, I think more people will be fading him than. than than should and I think he's uh, an outstanding play in this one especially when the running back position is what it is and you got a guy like David Johnson with a tough matchup uh, I think it's time to go back to that well if you've been fading recently I think now is the time to, to pay up because you can uh, you know I still like paying up for top receivers but I think you can also find some value at receiver with uh, pretty much every team playing their guys what about what about this for a, a play at the tight end position Still a position that is really, really tough if you don't go Gronk. Hard to get bankable production on a week-to-week basis at that position. But Jacob Tammy, I mean, the the Saints dead last in terms of uh, points allowed to opposing tight ends in the league. And at his price, 3300 on DraftKings, I think that's uh, a play that, you know, I, I definitely want to find room for him in, in a couple lineups. Do you, you agree? Know, I can absolutely see where you're coming from here, but... I don't know. Over the last three weeks, he has or four games, he has less than eighty yards combined. He was only targeted once, week fifteen against Jacksonville, who who normally is uh, pretty rough to tight ends. So I'm gonna. I can see how he'd be a tournament play, considering the Saints and and how they defend opposing tight ends. Uh, I mean, and there's no question about that. Uh, you can't lie with with those type of numbers there. But overall, you, you just look at the name. It's Jacob Tammy. I don't know if the targets have necessarily been there, um, especially of late. I can, <laughs> again, I'd stay away from him in cash games, of course. But yeah, maybe one or two tournament lineups because you know if you get if him and Ryan connect two times, let's just say for example, throwing out a hypothetical, and you have both of those guys in your lineup, the ownership with Ryan's going to be through the roof, but the ownership of Tammy, not so much. So you could separate yeah. yourself. I'm not overly optimistic about it, but I can see exactly where you're coming from and how, how it could be a good play, especially to save some money there. Yeah, our own Jeff Erickson has Tammy 26th among tight ends, so he's certainly not uh, viewing him as a guy that you want to expect big things out of. But I think at that price, given the matchup, you know, this is – you know Atlanta's going to realize you know their inability uh, their struggles against tight ends and try to exploit it at least a couple times. So mm-hmm. while you're totally right that the targets have not been there recently, I think they will tick up in this game and yeah, tournament play, but I, I want to find room because you know everybody's going to be on Julio, a lot of people are going to be on Devontae Freeman and that's yeah. both should be both guys should be heavily owned pretty much across the board but uh what if it you know could be Tammy that ends up making yeah. a, a big impact I can see that now although I Tammy at 3300 it's a really good price but if if you're thinking about doing that how about Zach Ertz at just 3600 yeah. you know you great could, matchup for him yeah well. great matchup for him against the Giants I think uh I mean the Giants are going to come out in full swing and Odell Beckham's going to get his one of you know, erase that memory in everybody's head there. But uh, but Zach Ertz, uh, I mean, he's been going. He had 17 targets last week against Washington, 13 the week before. So that's 30 over the last two games, and he's sitting at only 3,600 on DraftKings. Yeah. So if oh, you can, I like him definitely. I just think that there's going to be a big discrepancy in terms of ownership between yes, yes, Ertz yeah, and absolutely. I agree with Tammy. you there. Yeah, if you're looking, yeah, I guess you could, yeah you could call Tammy more of a contrarian play. Uh, but I but if I'm in a situation where I'm looking to use Ertz or where I'm looking to use Tammy, I try to either 
maybe punt my defense a little bit and, or punt a flex play to see if I can get that upgrade to Ertz because, you know, and you know maybe that's only for cash games because I think Ertz will be pretty good in cash games as well. So I can definitely see both sides of the story here. Yeah, Jeff, uh, in Ertz's case, has Ertz sixth among tight ends. So, yeah, I think, you know, at that, you know, considering that he's only $300 more than Tammy, I think in, in pretty much every cash game I'm going to have Ertz in, a, well, not every cash, but probably 90% of cash. Mm-hmm. Tammy, on the other hand, uh, guy that I, I think the ownership's going to be so low that I think now is the time to pounce. Can't expect a lot, but I think, again, that they're going to recognize the, the matchups and try to exploit those and get Tammy the ball down the middle of the field. Now we'll move on here. Ravens at Bengals. Bengals favored by 10, over under 41 and a half. You know, the Bengals, A.J. McCarron, uh, under center right now. He He's shown some flashes, but currently uh, a little banged up, dealing with a sprained left wrist. Uh, plans to play Sunday, but is he somebody that has kind of dragged down A.J. Green uh, to the point where it's hard to justify using him? Yeah, I don't think I could use A.J. Green in daily, especially even though it is against a, a Ravens defense that has had their fair share uh, of blow-ups over the course of the year, but they did play really well against Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers last year. However, Cincinnati still playing for a first-round buy, and in this case, the first-round buy is bigger for them than almost anybody else because of the Andy Dalton injury. Now, if we get if they get that first-round buy an extra week of rest, that only increases the chance that they'll get Andy Dalton back and and be at full strength or at, as close to full strength as one can get at this time of year mm-hmm. uh, for the second round or the divisional playoffs here. So uh, they need Cincinnati to win. They basically need a win and a Denver loss or tie or a win plus a Denver loss or a Denver loss plus a Kansas City win. So, there's a, so they can get in even if they lose, but I think they're going to want to go ahead and cement this and win this football game. Yeah, I'm with you. Is McCarron a guy that you think would be a reasonable contrarian play in this matchup? I mean, favorable matchup and at home, and as you mentioned, still reason to play. Do you think he could be a guy uh, at 5,300 on DraftKings that you would uh, think about using maybe for your first time ever? Yeah, you know what? I I can see it. I can see doing a McCarron-Green lineup uh, just because, you know, the matchup that you have right here. The fact that the Bengals will be playing in front of a home crowd here. Uh, the weather as of now, of course, we're a ways away, but it's looking sunny, so it doesn't look like that's going to adversely affect anything in Cincinnati. So, yeah, you know what? I could see that as a tournament play. Uh, it's definitely risky, but it would mm-hmm. save you some money to possibly go ahead and get maybe Odell Beckham or Julio Jones or Gronk or Devontae Freeman or at least pick two of that group to get in your lineup as well and still be kind of reasonable for the rest of, the, for the rest of the, your lineup. Yeah, I agree with you. We'll move on here. Steelers, Browns, uh, Pittsburgh favored by eleven and a half over under forty seven. You know, Big Ben really let some a lot of owners down last week. Two hundred and twenty yards, no touchdowns, two picks. He's been been good throughout a large portion of the year, but you, you look at that T D INT ratio, uh, not as good as you, you would expect. And this is a favorable matchup. It is on the road. Uh but has the recency bias you know, is that making you want to jump on board or is that price still at 6900 uh, And the fact that he was a little under the weather, missed some practice time this week, uh, kind of, and just that game that he's coming off of, uh, is that going to persuade you to, to go elsewhere? You know, there is one lineup where I do have Big Ben in, and I'm and I'm thinking about switching it out for another another Fitzpatrick Marshall lineup to kind of mix or to kind of jump more on that train. But I can see where people are coming from when they want to use Big Ben. Now, Cleveland very depleted on uh, on the defensive secondary, especially uh, when you consider Joe Hayden a Pro Bowler, shut down corner now on IR out for the year. So uh, he's gonna he's gonna have some guys open. Those that trio of receivers that Pittsburgh has will get open, and also Pittsburgh needs to win. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the scenario here. Pittsburgh, uh, they will clinch a playoff spot with a win, and they need the Jets to lose. So there's a, a couple mm-hmm. variables in play here, but uh, at the very least, they want to lock up that win on their own, and I think they should have no problem doing it against Cleveland. Out of any Steelers, though, like I said before, I think the best daily play is the defense. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, last time Austin Davis started for the Browns, he managed all three points the entire game in a complete rout by Cincinnati. I don't know if Pittsburgh's defense is quite on par with Cincinnati this season, but respectable enough and at the price that they're at, I would be going after them against uh, against the Browns. And, you know, looking even turning to the Browns side, you know, the last game that 
Austin Davis started. Brian Hartline got 11 targets, so Hartline's now out for the season. You gotta, you just gotta wonder who Davis is gonna go to outside of Barnage. You know, maybe 15 targets for Barnage and five or six for Benjamin, something mm-hmm. like that. Of course, Benjamin also dealing with an injury, missed practice on Wednesday, so he needs to get back to the practice field before he's gonna play. And yeah, there's just not a lot of offensive weapons here on, on this Cleveland team, and and that's no. why I like the Steelers' defense this week. Now they are a pretty pricey defense in the whole grand scheme of things on DraftKings. Looking at the list, I mean, they're sitting at 3,500, and and they're they're the, they're the fifth priciest defense. But I think this is a good case where they where they can return that value. Who knows? Maybe Antonio Brown can help you out and sneak in a punt return. Yeah, that'd be nice. I think the Steelers' D makes for a very strong play. I I do like. Big Ben, I, I I think he's bound to bounce back. And, and yeah, you mentioned that you know they need this game. They have to do what they their part to uh, earn a postseason berth. I think Big Ben comes out and has a big game. And I'm also going to Martavis Bryant. He also was dealing with an illness, and he's he's really let me down, burned me in recent weeks. But 5,300 on DraftKings, I mean that's a great price. You know, maybe stack him with Antonio Brown, who remains the the top priced wide receiver on the board. Uh, but I mean, I just love Brian's skills, the ability to get downfield. And before that clunker last week, the week before he had ten catches. Uh, format like DraftKings PPR, uh, you know, he's not really a huge volume guy in terms of number of catches, typically on a week to week basis. But I think if if he happens to get, uh, say, you know, five or six catches, some of those are going to be long and hopefully a TD or two. Man, you know what? I'm actually right with you there. Uh, you know, as we speak, I'm live editing here. I just pulled Brandon Cooks from a daily lineup and threw Martavis Bryant in there, nice. and that gives me another thirteen hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars to uh, maybe upgrade Mike Gillisley or even Eddie Lacy uh, if I decide mm-hmm. to do that. So, uh, something I'm going to look at this year. I, I do like the Martavis Bryant. I, I I didn't target him originally, but when you mentioned that price to me, a uh, kind of light bulb on moment where I I'm mean, like. It, it, I yeah. think he's – I mean, maybe, yeah, the ownership is going to be sky high, but it, I just love the player, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to forget some of those recent duds yeah. uh, because I think this could be a week where against this defense yeah. he goes crazy. Well, I imagine Tremont Williams will try to do, be the primary cover guy on Antonio Brown, and that's left with Pierre Desir, uh, who's 6'2", 25 years old. Um, he's been inactive at times earlier in the year. Uh, he's He's ready to go. I mean, he's – I mean – no, no knock on Pierre Desir. I think he's a he's a serviceable quarter, cornerback in this league. But uh, when you look at Martavis Bryant, who's going to have a distinct size advantage, um, and it's just going to be a mismatch all around. So I think he's going to get some looks, maybe a couple deep balls. It could be a huge game. Fantasy football may be winding down, but DraftKings.com isn't messing around. DraftKings.com is America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could win enormous cash prizes every week. You already researched the players for your season-long fantasy team. Turn that knowledge into instant cash at DraftKings.com. Last year, one player turned 11 bucks into 40000 in one weekend. Another won hundred grand his first time ever playing. This season alone, six players have won a million dollars in one day just playing fantasy football. Keep your season-long league where it is, but also play one-week fantasy at DraftKings.com to win huge cash this weekend. Hurry. Head over to DraftKings.com now and enter pro- promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry. DraftKings.com, bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter ROTOWIRE for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com, that's DraftKings.com. We'll jump to Eagles-Giants. Giants favored by 3.5, over under uh, pretty high in this one at 51. And you mentioned you, you like Ertz. Uh, certainly like him as a play in this one. Also, could see Jordan Matthews having a big game. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? Chip Kelly, of course, got the axe. Uh, I think that was yesterday, maybe the day before. They're all kind of running together at this point in, in the year. But are, are you buying into the narrative that, you know, maybe they this Eagles team maybe starts to have a little fun now that Chip's gone, maybe he gets things together, maybe gets back to a more basic formula offensively, uh, and the players feel a little bit, you know, a little – weight off their shoulders and uh, end up turning in solid production. If that is, in fact, the case and they go to a more basic formula, I think that just helps Ertz all the more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that that furthers the point that I think that he, he should be used quite a bit this week. Uh, yet at the same time, I see where you're coming from with Jordan Matthews. He'll probably get, like, 25 yards in the first three quarters and then get a nice bomb in the fourth quarter, uh, another garbage time hero in, in Matthews there. Uh, I do like 
People on the Giants' side, though, uh, I think Eli wants to get that taste of last week's blowout defeat out of his mouth and with his best weapon back. I, you know, I think both of these guys have something to prove, although this, this isn't a matchup where there's a lot of playoff implications on the line. I think that Eli and Odell Beckham, I mean, Eli wants to erase the memory of last week out of his, out of his head. Josh Norman doesn't want people you know, going into the offseason, or did I say Josh Norman? I meant Odell yeah. Beckham doesn't want people going into the offseason with the image of Josh Norman and, and his antics in that game. Uh, he wants to go out there and really light it up, and I could see these two hooking up maybe 10 times and uh, really making this a tough game. Of course, the weather at this point, relatively meaningless, looking uh, looking sunny there, so it should be okay. Uh, should, they should be in the clear to be able to air it out, and uh, and Odell Beckham's the perfect man to do it to. Yeah, love Beckham, but he's really the only guy for me on the New York side. Maybe, I mean, if you want to go really contrarian, maybe we'll tie uh, at tight end. But I think getting back to the Eagles, if they do get back to a kind of a basic uh, formula where they're not, you know, trying to run a play every 15 seconds and just uh, doing that zone blocking kind of east-west type of run game, maybe they try to go more north-south. Uh, get DeMarco Murray involved. I mean, he's only 4,000 on DraftKings, eight touches last week only. Uh, but I think maybe, you know, I think he's really, even with Chip out of the picture, really on the fringes heading into the offseason as far as, you know, will he be on this team again next year? Maybe they want to see if he's able to get it going, finish on a high note. Maybe they look to get him back more involved. What do yeah, you think of that? Yeah, you know, I, I could see that. And uh, the Giants' defense on a whole hasn't been uh, – you know, reliable in in a whole lot in, in many facets of the game this 25th year. 25th in terms of uh, fantasy points allowed to uh, opposing running backs, so bottom seven. Yep, Giants league. sitting 20, yeah, 25th in the league, uh, giving up 121.5 rushing yards per game as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, if there is a game to do it in, I, I could see it being this one, but I, the big concern for me is that Philadelphia has so many options in the backfield, and all of them are finally to the point where they're relatively healthy both uh, you know Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles even Kenyon Barner who had some brutal drops last week but you know brushing that aside there is a lot of competition for it so it is a bit risky but I can see where you're coming from and and you know maybe they'll go that route I just think I mean that's a long shot but again I think this being the final week uh, I'm going to try to maybe work him in because you go with him at running back you have so much flexibility elsewhere and again it's hard to really expect a lot, but eight touches last week, far more involved than he was the week before. Chip gone, and they just have such a big investment in him. I think they need to see uh, where he's at in terms of play right now when given a heavy workload. So I'm kind of expecting him to uh, maybe even double his, his touch total of eight from last week. Do you even want to talk about Texans-Colts? Do you have anything to say about this game? Because I really don't. If there's anybody in this game, long shot on the Colts defense against Zach Mettenberger, who's essentially Matt Schaub 2.0 at this point. So uh, I do have the Colts defense in a couple of lineups where I needed desperately to save money to get some studs in. But outside of that, nothing really to like here. I mean, pretty much unrelated, but since we just talked about Eagles now on this game, do you think Chip Kelly does go to, to Tennessee? Because he, he wanted Mariota, it seemed like, to begin with, mm-hmm. be a be – uh, a logical fit for sure, and I think Titans would love to have him. Yeah, I think it does seem like a pretty good fit. You know, I haven't really thought about that too much yet, the the, the upcoming coaching carousel. I don't know. If I were mm-hmm. Chip Kelly, I'd probably – I don't know if I'd give up on the NFL yet, but I, I'd, I'd go back to a cushy job in college, with, you know. Yeah, I know but, I, I know. he's stated that he wants to keep going in the NFL, uh, and there have been there have been a lot of rumors. I know the Titans are one team that have been linked to him. Others that currently uh, – don't have a coaching opening per se, but probably will at the end of the season. Giants may be one of them even. But I think uh, Titans just make so much sense with Mariota being there. He's, of course, hurt, though, right now. Uh, we'll move on here. Lions, Bears. Uh, this is a pick in this one over under 45 and a half. Uh, this is a situation where I think there's value to be had here, uh, especially with Alshon Jeffrey injured. Uh, anybody on the Bears side that you're targeting? You know, maybe Zach Miller if you're looking for a tight end, but, like, we've thrown out so many tight end names, and if I haven't made it clear already, there's only one Zach that I really like the most, the tight end this week. So, yeah, you know, overall, not really a whole lot to like with the Bears. You don't really know what, what's going to happen with that running game. I mean, Kadeem Carey had two touchdowns last week, so what what do you even make of that? Matt Forte looks like he's a little bit banged up. I'm trying to catch the uh, 
the lowdown on him right now. Uh, limited practice Thursday or Wednesday due to a back injury. So uh, you know, and he didn't really eleven carries last week, four targets. So you, you know, we're not used to the super heavy Matt Forte workload that we've been accustomed to in the past. So I think the backfield's a crapshoot. If Elshon Jeffrey sits out, the the passing game is pretty much a crapshoot too. I'm mm-hmm. probably avoiding this game from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, I am too. I mean, this is. I do again. I feel like there's value to be had here, but if you look at Calvin Johnson, uh, he's got an ankle injury, non-participant in practice Wednesday. Uh, the, the price is somewhat intriguing at, at 6,900, but I think there's a lot of downside there. I still feel like there's going to be one guy in this game who goes off. It's just really hard to pick who it is, no, especially because Tate. Chicago's been good against against the pass in terms yes, of limiting have. receivers. Uh, ranking top five in terms of fewest fantasy points allowed to receivers. Yeah, I mean, Golden Tate, 5,700 under DraftKings. That thought crossed my mind, but I eventually swapped him out. He's been a bigger threat of late, having some big games. But, uh, yeah, it's just I think there's – I'm going to try to find somebody, some value piece in here, but right now I'm, I'm still searching. We'll jump to some afternoon games here. Buccaneers at Panthers uh, over under this one, 46 Carolina uh, favored by eleven and a half here. Expecting a big game from Cam Newton. I mean, they. I guess they. They're technically still have something to play for, but do you think maybe they take a more conservative approach? Maybe uh, limit his rushing attempts uh, heading into the postseason. Yeah, well, so Carolina they've already clinched the NFC South and a first round bye. But like you said, they do have something to play for. Uh, they will number one seed. Yeah, the number one seed exactly. That's all that's left to play mm-hmm. for at this point, and they can get that with a win or an Arizona loss or tie. And uh, I believe both of these teams are playing at the same time. Yeah, both of them are 4.25 p.m. Eastern start times there. So uh, they won't know about the, the Cardinals' fate ahead of time. So I think it's still pretty safe to go out and uh, use Cam Newton. I I think he's a decent cash game type of guy, and, and especially the matchup uh, it goes. But, I mean, his price, you're going to – he's by far – I mean, he's far and away the highest-priced quarterback on the board at 7,500 ahead of guys like Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers. So uh, you're going to have to pay up for it, but I think he'll return decent value this week. Yeah, I do too. Anybody that you like in the Carolina backfield? Artis Payne only, I think it was five carries last week. Uh, I thought he would make for a sneaky play, and the the price is pretty low. Uh, But I I just am not expecting him to to be all that much more involved, even if they do limit uh, Newton's uh, Carries on the ground. Yeah, well, Jonathan Stewart was possibly going to make a Week 17 return here, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess yesterday we have a report. Head coach Ron Rivera said that uh, Stewart didn't practice Wednesday, but it wasn't necessarily due to his foot injury. It was more due to the heavy rain that was happening in Charlotte, and they didn't want to be overly risky with him out there. So, uh, I, I mean, he, apparently he would have practiced under perfect weather conditions, but nonetheless, uh, that that's just not enough for me. What if what happens if it rains on Sunday? You know, who who really knows there? Of mm-hmm. course, this game being played in um, in Carolina, so you know if it's a rainy week, who knows? Uh, looks like fifty seven and cloudy is is what our, our our little forecaster thing has for the weather there. So I don't know. There's too much, way too much uncertainty. There's uh you know after Stewart, if he doesn't have a big role, there's too many mouths to feed, and I, I'm not hitting any of those backs really, and from a daily standpoint. Now on the Buccaneers side, Jameis Winston, I mean he's really kind of uh, kind of hit that rookie wall. I mean that's kind of putting it lightly. He's, he's struggled in recent weeks. Uh, 51.7% completion percentage last week. Uh, sub-60% completion presented for the season, but still a decent quarterback rating, 22 touchdowns to 13 INTs uh, for the season. And I think you look at that that price, 5300 Again, maybe you want to pay up at quarterback, but I think at that price, it might be finally time to, to jump go back on the Winston train. Yeah, I mean, you're crossing your fingers for some tough garbage time points on the road against a really strong defense here, so... I don't know if it's me. I'm probably staying away from it because uh, the matchup. There, there really isn't anyone that I like a whole lot on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the prices are too high and they haven't adjusted to the matchup uh, mm-hmm. against Carolina. I think Mike Evans is going to get a lot of Josh Norman in this game, and that's going to limit his upside quite a bit. Uh, Doug Martin is coming off a terrible game in which he turned the ball over and you know now facing a much better defense. There's just the upside on a whole of this whole Tampa Bay offense is not – is not something that you know makes my eyes light up by any means. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like Winston at that price, but Doug Martin's still top five in terms of price on DraftKings at sixty seven hundred. Yep. 
no reason to go there. No reason to go to Evans, as far as I'm concerned, just given the prices. Uh, but yeah, again, I think Winston is intriguing, just given how how much that price has sunk. But yeah, Josh Norman does scare me quite a bit. We'll move on. Raiders Chiefs KC favored by seven and a half over under forty three and a half. Uh, I think this is an interesting game. I certainly like guys like Macklin, Travis Kelsey. Uh, but on the Raiders' side, you know, are you going to Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree maybe, or are you just uh, – this? I mean, obviously Kansas City, very tough place to play, and Kansas City is on a roll. Do you think that the Raiders have a tough time offensively? You know, it could be a decent contrarian play, something like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kansas City boasts the 12th overall pass defense in the league, giving up uh, – Let's see, what is it, 236 yards per game through the air. Overall, pretty strong defense there. So, And, you know, it's a road matchup for Derek Carr and Cooper. I think Cooper would be a decent tournament play because if he does end up going off in one way or another, uh, he will separate you because the ownership's not going to be very high, especially after the dud last week. So, you know, I can see going that route. But I, but outside of that, you know, it's it's a tough matchup. It's a road matchup. It's a team that's out of the playoffs against a team in Kansas City that, uh, if I remember correctly, they do have something to play for here. They actually clinch the division as long as they win. So I think Kansas City will go all out to win this game and uh, and then hope for the best from there. So yeah. that being said, I think that just limits the uh, success probability of uh, a lot of the main fantasy options on the Raiders. I'm with you. You know, I, I want to get a – I'm probably going to put a lineup together with – Martavis Bryant, who we talked about, and Amari Cooper is only 6000 on DraftKings because I just think those are two great values, and I want to you know, increase my profit potential, maximize it. But, yeah, you look at Cooper. He's got a foot injury. He was limited to practice Wednesday. Only three targets last week. I would expect that number to tick up in a major way, but uh, you just don't know. Maybe he, too, as a rookie this late in the season, wearing down a little bit. I still believe in the route running his ability certainly, but but Crabtree warrants a lot of the targets as well. Uh, Latavius Murray getting it done on the ground, so I just don't know if they really have to force it. The guy like Cooper uh, on the Chiefs. I mentioned Kelsey. What what about the Chiefs backfield? What do you make of that this week? I mean, if you have to go to someone, you maybe go to Chuck Hendrick West. He seems to be the lead back there, but he's going to get some time at least, or at least maybe five to seven touches taken away from Spence by Spencer mm-hmm. Ware. And although this is a team that likes to run the football quite a bit, uh, the Raiders are, are pretty solid against the uh, the run this year, if I'm if I'm looking at this correctly. Um, I'm trying to f- pick it out here where they're uh, – it looks like, yeah, they're right in the middle of the pack. So uh, in opposing points – or fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs here. So, uh, yeah, 16 a game, you know, right in the middle of – because the range goes here from about 11 to 22. So, you know, nothing in that matchup suggests that I should be targeting Chark Hendrick West specifically. Mm-hmm. So probably staying away there. You can make a case for Macklin, though, especially if the – I mean, the Raiders do have a high-powered offense, and if the Chiefs find themselves behind, it's going to be time to air it out because they need to win. And if that scenario does play out, then Macklin and Kelsey both could be decent plays. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we'll jump to Chargers-Broncos. Broncos favored by 10, over under 41. I put a get together a lineup, my first lineup of the week, tentative lineup. I like to do that. I like to wait until later in the week to really dive into it, uh, just to get as much of it, uh, information as is available uh, into my brain before making these decisions. But I really like Demarius Thomas this week, given the matchup. You may be thinking about uh, a stack of maybe him, maybe one other uh, position player for the Broncos with, with a guy like Brock Osweiler. I don't know if I trust Osweiler enough to put up a huge fantasy day that you'll need to win in a tournament or even get enough in a guarantee or in, in a cash game. But I definitely do agree with you regarding Demarius Thomas. He, uh, fortunately for me, able to uh, win our, our our staff league, our sixteen team staff league, by Demarius Thomas scoring less than ten points. So a lot of people are going to see that stat line from last week, think maybe something's up, and and consider fading him again this week. I I just I I wouldn't think. Well, you know, it's not even like he had a, a terrible terrible no. week. You know, it's been uh, okay. Just I, hasn't been maybe up to his standards. Yeah, 
his standards, exactly. From previous seasons. Yeah, the one Denver Bronco I do like against the San Diego squad, though, actually is C.J. Anderson, sitting only at 3,700. He does look good. Yeah, 3,700 on DraftKings. Last week he uh, carried the ball nine times for 73 and a touchdown, so it was the go-ahead touchdown. What I like about that is even in a game they were behind in, he's still getting the, the, the carries. Ronnie Hillman hasn't really been looking like himself lately. And if you remember kind of towards the end of last season, the 2014 season, uh, C.J. Anderson really lit it up in the final bunch of weeks, and that cost, that's what caused him to be a first-round pick this year. Obviously, he hasn't returned first-round value this year, but at 3700 I think he can return some value, and I'll be using him in a couple of lineups, especially against the San Diego defense that is essentially, I mean, it's in sh- I don't want to say in shambles completely, but uh, they're in the in top 10 in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs, and you know, provided C.J. Anderson gets the majority of those carries, I do like looking to him this week. Seahawks, Cardinals, Cardinals favored by 7 over under 46.5. Mentioned David Johnson, and I mean, he's so great, but with this matchup, uh, I'm a little scared. It, it is at home, which helps, and maybe he's kind of already earned – matchup proof status really hasn't had a really tough matchup yet but he's really uh, I know a lot of people are already putting him in the top five maybe or maybe uh, definitely top 10 but a lot of people saying top five pick heading into next year as well Uh, and it's so great too because Arians used Chris Johnson pretty genius move wore down those veterans early and now you got Johnson who is not going to be hitting that rookie wall who's pretty much fresh uh, and seeing heavy workloads late are you expecting big things out of him in this one, or is now the time to press the fade button? You know, I think it could be the time to press the fade button. It's a tough matchup, and I mean, price I, is still appealing at only six thousand. Yeah, six thousand. It makes it it makes it reasonable, but I mean, this is the toughest matchup though in the yeah, league. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you for that reason. I think I, I will be fading him this week. None of the lineups I had. Had him, uh, uh, fortunately. I mean, I used him last week uh, a decent amount, got to profit off of that, enjoyed it a little bit. But uh, but this week, uh, with the matchup, I think, I, I think I'm going to back off. No, we saw last week, man, for us Packers fans, it was brutal watching the Cardinals get to Aaron Rodgers time after time. Uh, receivers could not get separation downfield. But Seattle passing attack has been much better this year. Uh, especially in recent weeks, it's been borderline unstoppable. Do you think the Seahawks are able to get a lot done through the air, or do you think this is a situation where it's just you got to play the matchups and kind of uh, avoid them? I mean, the over-under on this game is 46.5, and I honestly, even with the great performance of Russell Wilson, who's worked his way back into the MVP conversation, even with his stellar uh, lineup lately and the historic run that Doug Baldwin has been on, I, I think I might take the under in this game a little bit. I think this will get grinded out a little bit more uh, than than previous matchups have. And the way Seattle's playing, I, I could see them, you know, getting ahead and maybe trying to kill a little bit of clock. But at the same time, man, Arizona. The, I, I shouldn't even say that. The way Arizona's playing against the Packers, this should be a good matchup. But I don't think it'll be quite as high scoring as a lot of the pundits suggest. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Now you mentioned David Johnson. Uh, having the the toughest matchup on paper, Todd Gurley has the best matchup on paper in the in the Rams here. They're ranking dead last in terms of points allowed to fantasy uh, running backs in PPR, and that's of course worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's the second highest price option, uh, forty seven hundred behind Devontae Freeman. He's a little banged up right now, has a foot issue, uh, missed practice entirely on Wednesday. Is this something where you know it's it's too good to be true? Maybe with Gurley, you, you know, I could see that a little bit. Yeah, the foot issue does worry me a little bit because you will have to be if you set that lineup today. You're going to have to make sure you check back in Sunday morning just to be 100% safe. But the matchup's great. Jeff Erickson has him as number two overall on the value meter this week, and I can't really deny him in that. I would say I'll just make an overarching statement right now that I think every 50-50 or, or double up lineup needs to have either a share of Gurley, given he's healthy or a share of Devontae Freeman, mm-hmm. because those two guys have, I think, the biggest biggest potentials this week. And, I mean, you could you could, you could could put D'Angelo Williams and Adrian Peterson in that top class as well, but right after that is where the tier breaks off. So make sure to at least stabilize your cash games lineups with one of those guys. Uh, I'm with you. Now let's, let's talk about our Packers here hosting the Vikings in what could be the, the first of back-to-back meetings between these two teams. Uh, I think that's actually pretty likely that that is going to be the case here. 
Packers favored by three. The typical, you know, three point home favorite line. Forty five and a half is the under over under in this one. You talked about kind of like going to a guy like Martavis Bryant. I also think now is probably a good time to go back to Randall Cobb. Only six thousand on DraftKings. Yeah, hard to trust this Packers offense at all right now. But I think the offensive line is able to hold it together enough. And I really think Rodgers, I mean, he should be pretty ticked right now. Hopefully he's getting on the offensive line. It's going to be pretty cold, uh, below freezing in Green Bay. Don't know what the wind's going to be like right now. Uh, but I think going to Cobb is, is wise because you know he's going to be a focal point of the passing game and mm-hmm. uh, buy low. Yeah, well, the, the thing with Cobb that worries me a little bit is – you know, in the last game against Minnesota, he was targeted nine times and he scored a touchdown, mm-hmm. but it wasn't very efficient. Just two catches for 24 yards, and that was with the Minnesota secondary that was pretty much banged. It was pretty banged up all the way back in Week 11. So, you know, get them healthy, and I'm, uh, you know, and, and I would say that, yeah, once they're healthy, it's, it's going to be a hard time all around for the uh, passing attack. And I saw very little last week from from Aaron Rodgers and those guys that would make me think that they'll be able to turn into that offense that we think about when we think of the Green Bay Packers. Now, that being said, I can see James Jones being a tournament play. I mean, with Devontae Adams pretty much inept and James Jones, I think, at 3,600 on DraftKings, there's a, there's a decent chance you can get a little bit of value out of him. But really, when it's all said and done, my favorite Packer, if I'm going to use any of them, I think it's time for Eddie Lacy, uh, week 17, to build that playoff momentum. And, and what a perfect way to do it than a cold, gritty, home matchup I think he starts to build that momentum up and James Starks we've been spelling him a lot earlier in the season he's lost four fumbles I think over the last couple of games or no he's fumbled four times lost two of them of course that's not going to help anyone's case Starks actually had negative fantasy points last week so I think it might be the time to give it Lacey 20-25 touches and see if he can beat a team like that especially with the way they've been struggling to protect Aaron Rodgers I think Lacey's a great play definitely I just like Cobb because there is nobody else in this passing attack uh, in terms of receivers, tight ends, there really is doing anything right now. James Jones, yeah, you know, back shoulder guy, possession type of guy. He's looked better in recent weeks after really looking bad for a while. Uh, but aside from him, there's really nobody on this team that's making much of an impact. I think they really uh, pump it to Cobb. And, you know, I think you mentioned the efficiency with the targets last week. That's not really all that something that's been a trend. I mean, he hasn't been as good this year, but I think uh, – you know, with with high volume, those numbers should be a lot better. In this one. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. And uh, man, just hoping to see a little bit better showing from the Packers <laughs> this week. You know, I, I held it back earlier in the analysis, but but man, as a Packer fan, as we're sitting here, Clay in his mm-hmm. Packer hat, yeah, it's about time to turn something on for the playoffs here. You know, I was in South Carolina visiting my my brother and his wife and, and my nephew uh, last week for the holidays and. I got my my two year old nephew a Rogers jersey, his first Packers jersey, and then we watched that game together. I'm really excited, and, and that's the outcome. It's just a, a abysmal by halftime. You know, early in the, the third quarter, they're down what 24. It was yeah. just rough. So just hopefully, rough better after, things. Overall, rough afternoon slate last week. The mm-hmm. Seattle Rams game was probably the most intriguing one. You know, unless you're watching Jacksonville, like I was, hoping for garbage time, but. I think with the flex scheduling, NFL's got it right this week. There's going to be great football on from 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 noon or from one Eastern all the way through the Sunday night game on NBC. We're going to be in for a doozy, and and hopefully it took the advice to heart, like like many of you have been all year. Thanks again for listening, and mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy that daily week seventeen because it's going to be about nine months before we have another slate like this one. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Real quick, are you going with Peterson? I mean, we saw what David Johnson did. Do you think? Uh, the Packers' defense, run defense, is any better this week? I'm going to probably fade Peterson just because I don't want to sit and bite my lip and while, he, while he runs all over him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll maybe it's a good balance just to, uh, to make me feel a little bit better about the Packers getting beat. But at the same time, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll keep Peterson in check. And, uh, and yeah, I'm going to stick to my guns. Go Devontae Freeman this week. I like it. Well, again, yeah, guys, thanks a lot for, for the support throughout the season. And hope you did well. We'll be back next year, definitely. And we still have several podcasts to come this week to get you set for Week 17. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Uh, rate and review the podcast if you get a chance, guys. Thanks again. Uh, we'll be back with you on Friday. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.